this movie, South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moni, Stephanie Burke, and John Brightman. The gang is all here tonight to celebrate the 12th anniversary of Spooky South Coast. Hard to believe that we've been doing this now for 12 years, but we have been. Seems like just 11 years and 364 days ago we started doing this show. But time flies quickly. You're so weird. Well, I can still remember that very first night when, Matt, we did what, like three months of preparation. We found out in like September or October that we were going to be able to do the show, that we were going to get our own show. I think it was. Was, was it? Was it? Was it three months? I don't know if like it really sunk into like. Well, we we you know, we procrastinated quite a bit at first, like we always so. do. But uh, we we had a couple of months lead time. I remember meetings at your house just turning into um, screwing around, right? Like drinking and. But that's fine. Right. That's. Remember. Uh, well. Well. It, the meetings uh, always started as um, we were doing research, air quotes. Right. But then, but we, we, I mean, we were actually doing research, and then we were finding a bunch of cool stuff on online, and then we were, kind of fell down the rabbit hole. And uh, I think what happened is we, we might have over-prepared. You know, we, we might have We might have been too concerned about making sure that we were ready to come on the air that first show on January 26, 2006. But uh, I think that we, you know, we, we were, I'd been doing radio for a little while already with the Locker Room show, but mm-hmm. I had never actually carried a show before. So I think that's what we were most concerned about is we're like, it's just going to be us. All right. And we had, well, we had Evan. But we uh, didn't know we were going to have Evan. <laughs> we, we didn't realize. We knew he was going to be here, mm-hmm. but we thought he was just going to be here to like run the board and, and just make sure that you were running the board properly. We thought it was going to, you were, we thought the way it was going to work was I was going to come in and Sit where Stephanie is, although back in those days I stood right here. But we thought... Oh, that's right. I remember that. For a long time I stood. Yes, you just stood up the entire show. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. No, I used to stand... Most of the yep. original okay. videos, like the early videos, you'll see me stand. And for the four or five years we did the show before we even had video, I always stood right here in the yep. middle. No kidding. Oh, and yeah. so that microphone was mm-hmm. swung around here. And then we would put that other microphone over there from Oni's, and then we have another, we had another one over here that was on a stand. It was, it was a slightly different setup back then, I think. It was. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't as as mm. there wasn't as much opportunity for people to jump in in the conversation as as there was then. So I would stand here, and that was the idea. Was and the reason I stood here was because I'm a control freak, and Actually. I'm the quote unquote executive producer of the show. So super fancy. So I would stand there. So that I could watch what was going on over here, even though I had no idea what was actually going on over here. You know, Matt had everything handled. He had everything working on the sliders, and uh, he knew he knew how to run everything on the computer system. I didn't know any of that, but I was kind of just watching. And I was trying to actually watch and observe. So that was the plan, is that Matt would sit here and produce the show. Because you, you hadn't started going to school for this stuff yet at that point, right? That was something that you did later? No, you can you can just – you don't have what? to keep going back. Um, you hadn't gone to school yet, right? That was something that you started after we started the show? I think I had show? started that year. Okay. So I, I think we started the show and then but about a year. Either way, you had come in here and trained enough that you were ready mm-hmm. on that first show. You could have you could have run the board that first show. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, we'll go with that. But uh, – 
you know, Evan came in, and, and Evan was supposed to kind of mentor us. And it's, it's kind of weird that 12 years later, it's still the same computer system. It is. Everything is pretty much the same. We got a new board, which is nice. It must be. Yeah, I mean, it's. But it the old be, board's yeah. still here. Like we didn't get rid of the old board. Oh right, right. It's you know, it's uh, our engineer is a bit of a hoarder. You know, I love that old board. There was so many uh, doodles on it from years of people right. disrespecting. People just sitting here bored, like running the board during a Red Sox game and drawing on it. Uh, but so we we thought Evan was just going to be shadowing us and, and making sure that we don't screw up. And then the first show. He sits down behind the board, and Matt's. Where were you? I don't even think you were behind him. You were like sitting over there. Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I think you were sitting over there, and uh, and I still. I told this story before, but we we thought we were going to try this new crazy thing called. By the way, we should probably do the toast just so that we can, because we're already started drinking our. Are we toasting? Yes, we're toasting now. It's. I don't know how to get that on camera. That's that's fine. Nostrovia. (laughs) So I don't know what that means. High elbows. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we had heard about this new thing called podcasting, and we said we should probably try that because, you know, this is a show that maybe some people might want to listen to that don't live in the area. And so we said, you know, we should, we should try that. So there was always a recorder that was in this room every week, every week for like years. And we were like, we're just going to use that. And we, Matt ran a whole bunch of test shows with uh, the locker room show, and we we'd come in here and kind of messed around with some stuff, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, we're going to be able to record on this. Everything will be fine. And then after it being here every week for years, the first week of Spooky South Coast, we came in, no box. <laughs> because they're actually, it's something that the news department would use to go out and cover things, and somebody had used it to go out and cover something. And then they didn't return it. So, it, well, they just hadn't come back yet. That seems to happen a lot in this room. So we're like, well, what are we going to do now? Because we want to record the show. Right. And we didn't have the skimmer back then. We didn't have video back then. We didn't have anything. We didn't have streaming. So we I said, don't remember what we did. I'm, I'm, I'm I really on the, I'm on the edge of my seat on this on the story because I don't remember. So we're trying. We're like racking our brains. Like, what can we do? Because you know, this is the days of flip phones. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we could be like, let's just plug in an aux cord into our phone and record it that way. So it it dawns on me that I have an extra digital recorder in my car. Because I use them as a sports writer mm-hmm. when I go into locker rooms and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I have my digital recorder in the car. So we come running in, like we're minutes away from going on the air. We get it plugged in. Don't even bother to, like, check the volume level going into it. <laughs> so it completely got blown out. So the, you know, and, and if you go back and you find the first episode of Spooky South Coast on podcast, it still exists. Like, we put the audio out there. We're like, this show sucks. <laughs> Nobody's going to come back and listen to this because the audio is so bad. And we put it up on, on podcast. And, and b- before that, so we sit down here. We finally get everything going. As soon as we start the show, um, we were told – I had written a bunch of liners for their voice person to come and record because we had no imaging for the show. Mm-hmm. So we said, we need, you know, we need imaging. And so they said, yeah, write out all the things that you want them to say, and, and we'll have it recorded. So I wrote it all out, and the show was supposed you – know, the intro was supposed to be Spooky South Coast with Tim Weisberg. And Matt Costa. I know that you come first alphabetically, but, you know, right. I figured I was going to do most <laughs> of the talking, so you were the silent assassin. So that was what was supposed to be said. So he fires the first, he fires the, Evan sitting here, he fires the intro. And first of all, it's the most corniest intro possible. Wasn't there Scooby-Doo stuff in there? It, or was I, that, I don't was know. That, was that our first promo commercial? Might have been the first pro, the first promo, right. Is and, that the one where it's like, if you're a fan of Ghost Hunters, 
or Scooby-Doo. Right, because I know that was not approved by us. No. Nobody asked us. We had no idea. They weren't like, hey, is this cool if we air this? Nobody said anything. They they were were just like, like, yeah, we're just going to air it. That's not the the vibe that we're going for. It was like, yuck, who wants to listen to Ghost Talk? (laughs) These guys think ghosts are real. Tune in and listen to how crazy they are. Right. (laughs) Uh, No offense to whoever wrote that beat. (laughs) People really <laughs> like no offense to whoever wrote that, but uh, so we, you know, we're expecting like a cool intro. Like, you know, what, what kind of music are you looking for? I don't know, something like rock, you know, something with a creepy vibe, maybe, you know, something. And what do we hear? We hear not even the original version, but a knockoff version of the Adams Family song. And it's you're listening to Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg. And Evan Russo. Hey, did he report that? And I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, what? Well, where'd this come from? Because you were only supposed to be here for like the first week. Where'd this come from? And 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 I was taken aback by it, but, you know, we started the show anyway. And if you ever go back and listen to those old shows, you can tell, like, I was kind of getting nervous before we went on the air. Because, uh, well, welcome to Spooky South Coast. And, like, and I, I, I sound like I'm... Like gasping for air, more than usual, more than just being a fat ass. This was actually me, like, like, uh, 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 like almost panicking a little bit. But uh, but we made it through, and we put this show up. This terrible show. I mean, it was the content was good. Uh, I'm sure my questions were terrible, but our guest was Keith Johnson, and of course Keith's giving us great great stuff. So we're just like amazed that the show is going so well in spite of us, and. Uh, so we get the recording, and we listen to it, and I'm like, oh, man, this whole thing is way too hot. It's blown out. Like, we really shouldn't put it up there. Oh, let's just put it up there anyway. Because at that point, we're like, we paid the nine ninety nine for the podcasting. We might as well use it. And we put it up, and I think it was, like, over the first couple of days, we had 100 downloads. And I was like, man, people are listening to the show. <laughs> 100 people downloaded the show. And we got, and that, you know, we had said, for anybody that downloads the show, like, email us. Let us know where you're listening from. And uh, I think it was Japan was one of the first. Was that? I think Japan was first, and then it was an American person mm-hmm. living in Japan, and uh, and then we started getting stuff from all over the world. Norway, Germany, Kazakhstan. We got we got Kazakhstan yeah. hits on our I website. Know that, and, I, I, I know there was a uh, which turns out it was probably just like some sort of spam farm. The one <laughs> that always sticks out in my head is the ambulance driver from New Zealand, or who, who was it? I don't know. She uh, she emailed us um, a, a I few times. I might have been in Australia. I, we, we, I, I I get those confused. I, I well, know like it's <laughs> it's not something you get confused. I've, I've watched Flight of the Concord. Right. You so know they don't like it when you don't get like confused. it. They don't. <laughs> but we did we did have New Zealand though. We had New Zealand. We had Australia. I mean, we were back in those days. Like we were, we were all about the website. Right. And uh, Matt and I had never had a website for anything before. At least not a real website. You know, we had like Angel Fire sites. Right, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if you ever did, but I did. I, I yeah, I had a uh, a web TV site as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, back oh. when web TV was a thing. Oh, I had my Angel Fire <laughs> page where I had Phillips uh, Magnavox it web was, TV. It was like a picture of like some of my favorite wrestlers of the time, mm-hmm. and uh, and when he went onto my page, it played a MIDI version of Stone Cold Steve Austin theme. It even had like the little I'd, glass break. I had uh, Tales from the Crypt stuff. Ooh, that was good. My... We should have put that on Spooky. Mm-hmm. Now you guys realize I still use a Netscape account, right? Yes, we do know that you still use a Netscape account. <laughs> that's because you're special. That's uh, that's 
long been a, been a... He's like, I don't know why I don't get these spooky crew emails. It's because Netscape doesn't recognize them. <laughs> They're over five megabytes. So Netscape's like, nope. No, that doesn't fit the free service. So, um, so we put that first show out, and we started getting people listening from all over. And then we, you know, just kept going from there. And Moniz joined a, a few weeks in, and... Things just kind of took off from there, and we're grateful that everybody's been tuning in for all these years and all these episodes. You know, it, feel, it feels like we've celebrated too much this year because we had our 11th anniversary, and then we had our 500th episode, and now we're having our 12th anniversary. So it's like we're just we're. There's nothing wrong with too much celebration. We're, we're navel gazing. Is there such a thing on ourselves too much, too much this year? I don't think so. No. But uh, it was it was definitely a shaky proposition that this show would even last one year, let alone make it to a, a 12th anniversary. Because we were pretty sure that it was only a matter of time before they said, uh, yeah, that's not really what we're looking for. It was helped by us, I think, by the fact that at the time, the program director that was in charge of everything at the station was doing a, a weekday morning show from like 5 a.m. It was getting up at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning every day. So I think the last thing he wanted to do on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock was listen, in to, listen to the radio. So he might have turned on the first one just to make sure, like, we weren't swearing or anything. But I think for the most part after that, he was like, no, I'm not going to spend my Saturday nights listening to Spooky South Coast. This is my one night to actually get out and go out and have fun. He was like, they got this. And they didn't have the ability back then to go back and listen to the stuff, you know, because we didn't have the skimmer and we didn't have streaming and we didn't have all this other stuff. So it was, we kind of flew under the radar for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we... We, we knew our place, uh, I think it was, what, 2012 when we showed up? No, 2011, I think, because it was the year before the 100th anniversary of the uh, sinking of the Titanic. Because we had a guest that was coming on that on the anniversary was going to be going out there and trying to do an investigation of the Titanic. He was going to drop down microphones underwater, and, and they had all these plans. It was Sandman. I'm sure you've, yeah, you know him on Facebook. Yeah. So... Um, so we had this whole big show plan that we'd been promoting for a couple of weeks, and we showed up and tried to get in, and the door was locked. And I'm like, well, that's the door is always locked. Let me just get the guy from Fun 107 to let us in like he usually does, and there was nobody in Fun 107. I said, what? what? <laughs> so that was, you know, when they finally felt confident enough in the show, they're like, I guess you guys are going to stick around, you know, five, six years in. We'll give you a key. <laughs> <laughs> So that from that point on, we've been able to come in here uh, without any kind of problems, for the most part, on Saturday nights. But it was definitely a shaky thing to think that this was going to – we didn't think that we would be able to come up with enough programming to keep this show going. Really? Oh, even, no. We, even with all the people in the area that you know? Well, and- we didn't know them then. That's the thing. We didn't know anybody back then. It was the, – the only people that we knew that were into the paranormal at that point were people that, you know, you'd seen on TV, like mm. the big-name people that were like, we're never going to get – and then, you know, Keith Johnson comes on the first show. I think it was the third show we had John Zaffis on. You know, people were agreeing to come on before we were even established. So Brad Steiger, I remember Matt saying that he got Brad Steiger. I was like, what? Like, we're going to be able to get these type of guests? And But we were just, we didn't realize the world that existed. And we didn't realize the the depth of the conversations, like all the different places that we could take these shows. Like, we literally thought it was going to be, well, we can probably get in and do one show on ghosts, and maybe we can do one show on UFOs, and we can do one show on one show on Bigfoot, we can do one on this, one on that, one on this, and then once we run out of all those topics, maybe we can kind of recycle them again. We didn't realize that it was going to be something where 
we could have over 500 shows and, you know, very few repeat guests. So we were just happy to, to get the chance because I'd always wanted to do radio. I got the sense from Matt, we didn't really talk about it, but I got the sense that Matt was excited about the possibility of, you know, doing this, turning this into something. And, and I just figured if we don't screw up, then it just makes us more valuable. Maybe they'll let us do other stuff at the station. Maybe we can get out of this crappy diner that we work at <laughs> and not have to flip eggs and burgers every day, and we can work in radio for a living. And it, and it, it took a while before you know, we felt like, okay, this show we, – we got told at the very beginning from Evan, what did he say? That if we lasted six months, we could consider it a successful show. Right. And so when we hit that six-month mark, we were like, okay, we're doing all right. That was, you know, June – and at that point, we're, we're bringing on cast members from Ghost Hunters. Uh, I think, you know, by that point, we're... We had, we had Kristen Garland on, I think. Yeah. Well, the first year, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Harnwa came on, mm-hmm. and uh, we had um, Lisa Duallaby on. We did we did that great show where it was uh, Angels versus Demons. Yeah. And oh, we, yeah. We had Keithon talking about demonology, and we had Renee, who was the angelologist for TAPS, Talking about angels, that show was oh, I I forgot about how good that show was. We should put that up as a classic spooky sometime. Uh, but you know, we we took chances and we did some things and we had ideas and and I think a lot of those ideas have kind of evaporated over the years. I think we've kind of become complacent and I don't think we, we take those same chances anymore. And I want to do more of that stuff. I want to take more of those chances because those are the shows that get you excited to come in and take part in. You know, if I said to Moniz. You know, we're going to have a guest come on uh, Saturday night and going to talk about Roswell. You know, okay. you're going to you're going to say, okay, I can I can deal with that, but but you 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 kind of come in a little bit on cruise control because you know about the subject matter so much that been to the Roswell, know right, all so the you, players. You're yeah. coming in, you're like, I can just show up on Saturday night and talk about that subject, and I I, I feel like you don't. Not you, but like when you're doing that, like you don't become as engaged as you could. But when you say we're going to have the Roswell SmackDown and it's going to be you versus John Horgan and you each have to make points and you're going to go round for round with each other and we're going to declare winners and all that, you know, that makes it more exciting. Right. And and I think that that makes it more investing for us and more investing for the audience. And, And those were the shows that when we started doing that kind of stuff, that's when I said, okay, now we're going beyond just what somebody can learn from a Wikipedia page. And now we're actually, and that's when I started to realize that. Our knowledge base was starting to become, well, not yours, because you'd been doing this for years before you joined us, but Matt and I, our knowledge base was becoming enough that we could start to say, all right, I feel comfortable enough to, to carry a conversation about this instead of just asking some questions. What I liked about our show in the beginning and still true to this day is we challenged each other. We didn't really, you know, hammer on the guests because, uh, I guess, what we would consider being rude. I mean, they're there to make a, a point, a statement, let them make it. Not to say if we heard some sort of BS, we weren't going to call them out on it. But for the most part, we weren't like other shows where we just attack you. You know, you know we, we give you the chance to make your statement. And and we, we've, we've taken some hits for that from people, too, where they've said, you know, you, you just let the guest go on. You don't really challenge the guest. Well, there's different ways of, of approaching this. I don't think that we should be challenging what people have to say because we don't know that what they're saying is wrong. There's times that things come up where people, you know, like Stephanie, since you've right. joined, there's been people who've come on and said, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychic and I ha- and I do right. this. And you said, well, wait a minute. Like, let's walk that back a little bit. But it's not like it's 
It's not like we've ever said to somebody, nope, you're wrong, click. No, never. And even we've had some pretty outrageous guests, too. At least since we, I've I been mean, listening. We, and we, we, since I've, been on. I've heard some crazy, crazy guests. <laughs> we let Jesus go for we, two hours. We let Jesus, yeah. No, we let Jesus go for over two hours, and we had to end it. We went over that because it was just so crazy. It but was, It was a good show. He uh, it was entertaining. You know, I think, I mean, you've been angry before, but that might have been the only episode that the two of us were so angry our blood yeah. was boiling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it takes a lot to get me there. But that was, that was Hey, forget about it. Jesus, you know, he's, he's a made guy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus was a hustler. So <laughs> um, that was that was an interesting situation. But we've never told people, no, you're wrong. We've never allowed people to, you know, come on and berate somebody else. Or we've never come, you know, let somebody come on and talk badly about someone else. We've never allowed that stuff or, um, you know, give opinions that might hurt other people there's there have been shows where there's been controversy right and where we've addressed controversies because in some ways you know this show being on broadcast radio terrestrial radio we should be doing this show from the perspective of let's assume that our audience doesn't know anything about the paranormal but at the same time you have to say well but we also have this loyal following of thousands and thousands of people that listen every week that have been with us through this entire 12 year journey and Mm -hmm. You know, we have to think that they're just as knowledgeable as us at this point, or as our guests, or as anybody else. So it's we're in a very weird position that a lot of quote unquote paranormal shows aren't in. Right. You know, there are shows that are just out there putting out the radio product, mm-hmm. and they don't have to worry about serving this you know sophisticated audience. If they're part of it, fine, they love it, they welcome it, but that's not who they're broadcasting to. And then you have the podcast audience that says, well, we know that this is a direct thing that only people that are into the topic are going to go out and find. And we have to kind of serve both masters. And we've we've sometimes we've failed in doing that. Sometimes we've gotten way too inside on topics. Sometimes, you know, we've talked, we, if you've noticed over the last couple of years, listeners, we've gotten away from shows where we talk about and dissect things that are, you know, for people in the field, for people that are in the paranormal genre, in the paranormal community, we've gotten away from, you know, talking about, well, there's this thing going on in the paranormal world right now, and let's talk about this. Like, we've we've drawn it back and put it a little bit more broader. And we still, from time to time, will dive into that, but it's okay. just not an every week thing. But there was a while when we said, hey, if we're getting this audience and we're getting uh, thousands of people listening every week... And that became tens of thousands, and, you know, it just grew from there, that, you know, maybe we have a responsibility here to be a voice. Right. And so we would get involved when there was drama, which, (laughs) for those of you who are in the paranormal world, know that that drama is a constant, and it doesn't change, and it doesn't go away. And so we started dipping our toe in that water. And Matt and I, I remember doing a show, we recorded it in my house, in my office, um, where it was how junior high has the paranormal become and we were <laughs> on, awesome. we were waving the flag of power yep. unity that night we were hashtag power unity before there was such a thing as hashtags like we were waving that flag and of course now we, we've totally changed our tune because there's no need for that that's garbage just <laughs> just let each other do your own thing and respect Very, each other and you know just you don't have to agree with everybody right. it doesn't have to we don't all have to be friends mm-hmm. i hate most of the people that are on the show with me but for one night a week we can all get together and hang out well i like monis tonight because he brought the champagne <laughs> so i'm just kidding i love everybody here but uh but we realized that you know we had this platform and we needed to kind of use right. it as a voice to 
you know, say something about the things that were going on. But we would never just take a side in a controversy. Right. We would never just say, let's just give a platform to the person that we agree with and bury the other side. Right. And I can still remember some of the controversies that came up over the years. Uh, one of the first controversies we addressed, uh, <laughs> this is what, 2007, 2008, one of the first controversies was TapsCon. Yeah. And aside from all the other controversies that kind of surrounded some of that stuff that was going on, we had, I guess, you know, if we want to give it a, a fancy name, we had Pantygate. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Wait. Long hold story. On. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna recap hold the story. On, hold yeah, because I don't remember hearing this one. This is not. I was part this of This is not the this, one I was present for. This does not have to do with the thong that had Moniz's face on the inside. That was. I, listen, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> I would rather throw up everything I've eaten today and poke forks in my eyeballs before we talk about that. Um, I'm, that, that was, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the first legend trip, that Pantygate. Nope, no, 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 no. That was never. That's addressed. a whole other one. That was never okay. addressed on the air. All right, awesome. So continue. Carry Nor on. can it be. Sorry, no. listeners. Now that Stephanie gave you that tease, um, but P.S. had why, nothing to do with me. Why are you looking at me I'm like you don't dying know? Dying to know what this one is about. I was saying, we but you know the other one. Told I told you. You know the second Pantygate, the one she's referring yeah. to. No, I don't. All right, we'll tell you that off the air. <laughs> yeah, but well the, off the air. Yeah. See the. <laughs> So Pantygate was so you had arranged, I guess, for TapsCon, you had arranged for Blue Oyster Cult to be part of this event, correct? And, and a few <laughs> other rock and rollers, yeah. So this was uh, you and some of the Taps people and some of the attendees, and I guess some of the band members were kind of all just hanging out. Well, afterwards. there were a number of parts of various bands, yes. But but this was after the convention was done for the day. This was done like a day, private yeah. party thing, yeah. and, uh, and and so this was just you and all this group. Kind of relaxing, celebrating a successful event. It was a lo- it was pretty much you know the the founders of the organization for TapsCon, uh, various members from various bands, and all, a lot of the uh, the volunteers that were working. So we all met up at the uh, presidential suite mm-hmm. where the organizer had had their room. So we were up there for you know opening champagne and drinking this and that and eating all kinds of, like, cheesecake and whatever else because people bring in all kinds of gifts. And you know how bands have swag, right? You know, they hand out shirts and hats and things like that. Well, one of Mer- these... Merch? Yeah, yes. basically. Merch. Yeah. Swag, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, one of these bands had uh, shirts, hats, and was giving out underwear and panties. Why not? Uh, it's not the first time I've seen yeah. gimmicks like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Bands it's use. it's, it's, it's no, normal, everyday right. junk that you know bands hand sure. out. Sure, and then right. and then and, and by the way, usually when you give these underwear out, it's not like women are walking around wearing them. So like you're going to meet up with this girl on whatever the 2007 version of Tinder was, and you know she takes off her pants and she's wearing a blue oyster cult thong. You know, it was something that like you hang from your rearview mirror. Yeah. You know, it's no. So he, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I, no, stop. I, I gotta no. raise my hand on that one because I, I back uh, about no. 2010 decided to have Vinny yeah. print some up for me with NEPR was here on him. Right. Gave him out to a bunch of people. I happened to be at a convention one day and some girl come up and look what I got and she was wearing them and showed me. Oh well, but, I mean, sure it does happen. But these uh, are like these are like a kitschy little souveniry thing. Okay. Yeah. That was the idea. It wasn't somebody's private Why underwear that, I can. that they were wearing. No. 
I mean, but to get back into what had caused the whole gigantic I was stir. Say, what's the problem? Let's the, get to the problem. The problem was, like I said, this band was just yep. throwing them out of the bag at everybody, and people were putting them on their heads and That's putting right. them on, you know, yep. being goofy because we're all half, half in the bag. Mm-hmm. So, and people are taking pictures. I'll let you take it from there, Tim. So he's down in Florida for this whole thing. I'm home, and this is we're talking. These are this is MySpace days. That's how long ago this was. This is MySpace, and so all of a sudden I start seeing people posting on MySpace and, and sharing these photos, and they were putting the photos of themselves taking pictures with this underwear and putting it on MySpace. And to be fair, we're also taking pictures of the fruit basket that was there. You know, right. just right. The normal pictures. Yeah, random goofy pictures of stuff we were doing. But I guess this, I think it was a picture of Kristen. Kristen Gartland. Kristen Gartland, yeah. who used to be the case manager for TAPS and was on the early seasons of Ghost Hunters and was a very, very good friend of the show. Still is a great person, great friend of the show. Uh, we love her to death. And so there was a website that started sharing these pictures uh-oh. And said, you know, this is the kind of debauchery that's going on at TapsCon. This is what they're taking your money for to be able to do after hours. And, and the story, I guess, had gotten to this website of Kristen had taken off her underwear and was passing it around the room. Oh, oh yeah. And everybody was taking pictures with Kristen's thong and all this stuff. And it was not what the case was at all, but that was the story that was portrayed that went out there. The name of this website, what was the name of that website back then? I think it was something called Who Forded. Uh-oh. And it was run by our friends Greg and Dana Newkirk. Uh-oh. And uh, so, because <laughs> this is the site that they used to have when they were a different, and they talk freely about it. Greg, Greg's been on this show and talked yep. about it, where they've they've done a 180 from the way that they used to view things back then. But back then, they're job was to satire and, and poke fun and to call out and to, uh, you know, hold to the fire anybody that was a quote-unquote para-celebrity. And so they posted this whole story and it turned into a whole big thing. And, and that was one of the first controversies that we ever addressed on the show. And we had Kristen on and we had Greg on. And, you know, at the end of it, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we, we made a mistake and, you know, we'll take it down, like all that kind of stuff. Like we kind of you know, bridge that gap a little bit. And that's when we said, hey, wait a minute, we could, we could do this a little bit more. Because people like to go on the radio and share their stories and, and share their side of things. And if we can get both sides to come on, maybe we can get some common ground between them. And it was, it kind of became something that when there was a controversy, people would come to us. Yes. Because they knew that they could come on here and have their say, but not be judged for it and not have to worry about us taking a side. And sometimes they would try to get us to take a side, and we would say to them, listen, the only way we're going to do this and talk about this is if we can get the other side on. And there's been many controversies that we try to address that we got one side to agree to come on and the other one wouldn't, and we said to them, we're not covering it. So because I come from a journalistic background, that's what little spotlight I've had on myself has been for journalism. And I'm not going to betray that by suddenly becoming paranormal shock jock on the radio mm-hmm. so that when I go and cover something uh, as, a, as a, back then as a journalist, you know, right. as a writer for the newspaper, uh, I don't want anybody to think that, well, I heard you on the radio and, you know, you were definitely hammering this other side and you're not fair and balanced, so I don't want to talk to you about anything. So I was always very conscious of that and aware of that. So if we couldn't get both sides, we didn't want to talk about it. Sometimes we would get enough, we'd get a statement from the other side maybe. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we would get uh, 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 to the point where, you know, somebody would say to us, 
I don't want to come on, but here's what I have to say, and I don't care if you read it. You know, and we've done that enough yeah. to, to show that we at least reached out. But and we and even then we wouldn't let somebody come on from the other side and just hammer the person that wasn't there. You know, we would say, hey, they're not here to defend themselves. Let's kind of just keep it to uh, not personal attacks. But we've we, I remember we covered the uh, there was a very big dust up at one point between uh, Aaron Houdini and the Booth brothers, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and we we let both sides have their say in that matter, and and it turned into a thing where they tried to keep bringing it back to the airwaves for the next, like, two or three weeks. And we're like, no, no, we're, we're done with that. <laughs> like, we're at the point, like, nobody really cares that much except you guys. Mm-hmm. So you guys have to work this out on your own. Uh, but we had, you know, we've talked about it before, that episode where there was, because we've become kind of protective of the paranormal in this area and about the history of this area. Yep. And we've had shows where we've gone to bat with some guests about some of the stuff that they've said. For example, a few years ago, there was somebody that wrote a book about King Philip's War that knew really nothing about what he was talking about and had a bunch of wrong information and really had just decided, I'm going to write this book and nobody's going to call me out on it (laughs) because nobody really knows about it. Not realizing that at that point, we'd already been talking about this stuff for nine or ten years. So we... And been to the actual location. And had researched right. it and had, you know, invested a good part of our lives into this, probably more than this author had. And so, you know, we, we had to call him out because he was just misrepresenting everything. And uh, so we've had instances like that. But we had one episode where, as being protectors, I think, of the history of the area and being protectors of King Philip's War, there was this big controversy that brewed years ago about a board game company that was coming out with a, you know, the, not a board game like Monopoly or, or, or Risk or anything like that, but like a game like Grant Wilson makes. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these games where, uh, what, Matt, is there a name for those? Like Warhammer and all that kind of stuff? Is there like a name for? No, but it's, I guess they're just adult board games. Yeah, I mean, it's, more, they're more geared to adults. They're very involving. They take hours to play. It's it's, it's a board game. There's right. a board there, but it's it's not like a you know something it's that you play by with Mill and Bradley. Right, guess, you wouldn't you play know. with a bunch of nine year olds. Right, and so there was a company that was Why, making they make the Ouija board available for nine years old. <laughs> well, that's different. Summoning demons is different than you know oh, trying okay. to play okay. characters in King okay. Richard. Okay. King, okay. King Philip's War. That's a whole different show. <laughs> <laughs> so they they actually were putting out a King Philip's War board game. Uh, and that had raised the ire of some of the Wampanoags in the area. And there was a professor at one of the colleges, in, I think it was Rhode Island College, who was taking exception to this and was calling out the board game company and, and uh, blaming them for cultural appropriations and all this kind of stuff. And it was a huge controversy in the media. And we were, you know, this was something that was picked up on mainstream news outlets. And so we said, well, let's see if we can do something about this. Mm-hmm. We didn't think we were going to solve anything, but we just said, let's do a show on it where we can focus on it and let each side have their say. And we went into this with no no dog in the fight, no decision one way or another. I mean, we were kind of interested in seeing if it became a game, like we wanted to be able to play it, but we weren't really saying, like, you're right or you're right or you're wrong or you're wrong. And so we brought on the board game developer the guy who was kind of writing the game, and we brought on the professor who was speaking on behalf of the tribes and, and was, uh, you know, the, the opposition party for this. And we had the two of them on the show, and over the course of two hours, 
the board game company was saying, well, we were going to do this and this, and then the professor was saying, oh, we, I didn't realize it was going to be like that. And then the professor was saying, well, here's what our concerns are, and the board game company was saying, well, we, we didn't realize that people would be upset about that. And so over the course of a two-hour discussion, by the end of the show, they were working together. Wow. By the end of the show, the professor was going to help the board game company manufacture a historically accurate version of the board game. And, and the board game company was saying, like, we're – we never wanted to appropriate this in any way. Like, we wanted to represent it correctly. And the professor was saying, well, we didn't realize that you were trying to teach history here and not capitalize on what our people went through. And just that conversation was enough to make them kind of come together. And I don't know if the game ever ended up coming out or not, but the bottom line is by the end of that night, we sat back and said, hey, wait a minute. I think we just did something here. Mm. And so that was kind of always in the back of our mind when we would have things that didn't work out. We were told when we wanted to do a show on the history of, of Plymouth and Plymouth Ghosts the first time, we were told, listen, there's a couple of ghost companies and a paranormal group in Plymouth, and none of them get along. <laughs> like, they're all in competition with each other, and they stab each other in the back, and you don't want to get involved in it. Just pick one and write it out. And I, well, that's, that's not really fair. If they're doing different aspects of the tour, and, and they have different approaches and whatever, it's not really fair. And I was told, don't put them all in the same room. So what did I do? Put them all in the same room. And this is one of the early video shows, so you can actually see video of it. And we brought everybody in. And at first, things were very tense. By the end of the show, they were all friends, and they were all looking for ways where they could kind of work together while still maintaining their own individual businesses. But how can we do this in a way where we're not really competing with each other, but kind of enhancing what each other does? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so I don't want to say that we made an entire town's ghost tour industry better. change for the better, but I think that we did. Spooky South Coast. Peacemakers. <laughs> it is amazing what we have done with this show. Right. It, it is. Like, aside from just putting out, you know, 500 episodes that were mostly entertaining, you know, and, and people kind of enjoy. It, besides all of that, and besides all of the things that we have done beyond this... You know, having the opportunity to work in other media and going and partic- filming ghost shows and being in documentaries and wh- whatever else we've been able to do from this. Aside from all that, the thing that will be the lasting legacy of this show, if it was to end tonight, and I don't think it is unless I get a phone call in the next hour and 15 minutes, I think we're still good to go another 12 years at least. But if it was to end today, the lasting legacy of the show, I wouldn't look at as being... It was a step for me to work in television and, or, or for me to have a full-time job in radio. It was a step for Matt to develop his skills and revolutionize the way a radio show can go mm-hmm. with what he's done with spooky TV and video streaming. Uh, to say that Moniz, the, you know, the legacy for him is we, we got him to actually come out and talk about this stuff publicly when he wanted nothing to do with being behind a microphone at first. You know, that we've got him to share his experiences. We've gotten him to... to I don't want to say come out of your shell because it's not like you're a, 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 a shy guy, but you didn't want a spotlight on yourself for the work that you do in this field. And with good reason. You'd because be, it's not about me. It's about the subject. But, and, but also you'd had some personal issues with it before where, you know, it put a target on your back. Yeah, it did. And so, you know, you were kind of hesitant to, to – and to be fair, not only were you hesitant about putting that target back on your back, but you warned but us I, I, that – And was I not right? Man, I, I still don't – I don't see the black helicopters. But but 
it's kind of weird to know that you're on an FBI watch list now. <laughs> so, and, and oh, I, good. And I am. So, and and you know, and, and even Stephanie coming on and joining the show, and we can say, well, it's opened up you for the same thing. You were the same way. Right. You were keeping this stuff under wraps and didn't want a spotlight on it. She still right. doesn't want a spotlight. And, and, and don't. She likes it. Don't. Oh, oh, I know that, She's, but she she plays really? coy every now and then. Yeah, she likes it. So, you guys are such fools. <laughs> I just like to, we just like to rouse you. I know, but I know, but we got you to to you know to step out of your corner and to right. come out and, and take the spotlight a little bit. So it's it's had a benefit for all of us, and we we never are forgetful of that. We're never not thankful for what the mm-hmm. listenership has done for us and the opportunities we've had. But the lasting legacy of the show is going to be. The friendships, the connections, the networking that it's done that has grown outside of us. That when Matt and I started doing this and tried to find people that could come on this show to be guests, there was a handful of people. And they didn't know each other. Right. There was, when Chris Pittman, who ran the original first Bridgewater Triangle website. Nobody knew about the Bridgewater Triangle in those days without knowing the research of Chris Pittman. It's true. Right. Well, and Lauren Coleman. But yeah. Right, but I mean the research to that point. Lauren Coleman had long since given it up. And, you know, thankfully he's gotten back into it with the, with the, the expansion of it. But Chris Pittman was the guy that was the voice of the Bridgewater Triangle at that time. Chris Balzano was... The guy that was pretty much doing everything else ghostly in Massachusetts. And they weren't working together. They come in to do a show together and realize, oh, we used to work together at a sub shop years ago. And now they're reconnected and they're reunited and then they become friends again and then they work together on things. And that's not a coincidence. That's not an accident. That's not... You know, we could have had Chris Pittman on one week. We could have had Chris Balzano on another week. They might never have even realized for many more years who each other was. But those type of connections have happened, and they have gone on. There are paranormal teams that have yep. been created just because of this show or because of looking for people to go out to the Bridgewater Triangle for our annual Bridgewater Triangle show, and then they go out and work together for that, and they say, well, why don't we do this more often, and then they become a team. Uh, There's been many teams and people who this has been the first time that they've ever stepped in front of a microphone or put themselves out there with PXP. We were the first show that they ever did. They weren't. And they brought champagne. They did. <laughs> they did. They were. They were very excited to come on the air. That they they brought drinks and food too, if I'm not mistaken. And we like it when guests bring food. I enjoy food. Yeah. Well. But <laughs> like looking back on it, like we were, we've been a breaking ground for a lot of people, and we have been a common ground for a lot of people. So that, to mm-hmm. me, is what is going to be the lasting legacy of this. I, I, I don't want to toot our horn too much, but there was no paranormal community here back then. No, there wasn't. There was no network here back then. Nope. A lot of it has been built because of this show. And I'm not saying that we did it, but I'm just saying that if maybe if this show didn't happen, it would have taken a little bit longer for that to come together. You know, we were certainly not smart enough or, or, or you know, we, we don't deserve the credit for saying, like, we, we, we knew that this person should be with this person and this person should be with this person. It was just a matter of we were the right place at the right time 
for these things to all come together. How many groups have formed because we introduced these people to each other? Probably dozens. Yep. Relationships. There's been relationships that have formed from this show. I know, too, people will come up to us, you know, if we're at conventions or events and stuff and let us know that we sparked uh, the inspiration for radio shows that they're doing on their own or events that they're doing on their own or just friendships or, you know, people that weren't necessarily social before and were nervous to make friends. You know, we've introduced them to groups of people that they can feel comfortable around. And there, I think that's that's a really important there, part of this. There are people, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are people that have come to our events that have come to things that we have done, that have interacted with us on social media, that would outright tell you, like, that is not their personality, that is not who they are. They, you know, and we've helped them change who they are. And so I think that's what the lasting legacy of this is, is it's empowering other people to say, oh, there's a radio show about this weird thing that I'm into that I don't know anybody else that's into it. But I can turn on the radio on Saturday nights, or I can download this podcast, or I can watch this YouTube video, and these are people that live amongst me, that live that you know live in the area where I live, that do these investigations in the area where I live, and they get to go on the radio and talk about it. So it must not be that weird and unusual for me to like it. Well, that's kind of how I got involved with you guys. Because I was looking for people that were just interested in this. And, uh, you know, my friend Linda had walked in with your book into my, my job. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is great. I love a good ghost book. I always have. And that's how I started out with all this. I was going to the library and researching, you know, before the Internet even existed, really. And um, when I found your book, I read it. I was like, oh, wow, we're going to have a book signing here. And, I can't wait. And let's be fair. Like, even in those days, like, researching in the library is still something that's kind of used loosely because you didn't know like what books were like i don't want to say legit not legit but you didn't you know it was hard to know in those days like when were you getting a ghost story and when were you getting an actual ghost experience here's the dilemma i had to deal with back in the day like stephanie said before the days of the internet you had to go into the libraries right you don't know how hard it was for me to find true paranormal type books because of course they, a lot of times I would find them mixed in with fiction stuff. Right. And Because the, because of the prejudice of the librarian well, it, yeah, or, right, or, exactly. or ignorance thereof. Yep. It's like, oh, what's Hans Holzer doing over in yeah. here? Right. You know. I know. I, I completely agree because it was always, you know, on a back shelf somewhere hidden in like the dark part of the library because nobody wanted to. It, it was so taboo back then. Yep. It's, it's much more mainstream now. But I remember, you know, looking into tim writing this book and i thought oh wow i love local history i'm just i'm a huge history nerd anyways but local history especially and um i thought it was the coolest thing ever and he was doing a book signing at my job so i was like oh i want to meet this guy i want to see you know this is all about ghost hunting and ghost stories and everything and you know this is actually local for once and um i think that led to me coming in here and hanging out in the back while you guys were doing that show um, with another medium. And I wasn't paying attention. I've told the story at a lot of my gala readings or like Q&A sessions that I've done so far. Because people keep asking me, well, how did you get involved with paranormal? You know, and I'm like, well, I, I found this bunch of weirdos and I kind of fit in. They, they kind of let me keep coming back every week. But I was sitting in the back corner. I wasn't paying attention. And I couldn't hear what you guys were doing. And I just popped out of nowhere and said... 
oh, you're, you know, my brother just called in. You guys are talking to my, my brother. You're trying to connect with my grandfather. This is what they're trying to tell you because the pieces weren't fitting. And I just went back to looking at my phone, and I didn't realize what I had done. And I remember on the way out, Tim, you stopped me and said, when you decide to finally come out of the closet and stop hiding your abilities, I want to be your first interview. I didn't know what that meant until <laughs> you sent me a private well, message and said, do you know what you just did? What Was I your first interview? Yeah. All right, good, because I would have been mad if you gave it a second. <laughs> I would have been no. like, out, still executive <laughs> get producer, out. Get, get out. out. Get out. <laughs> um, no, you were, because I came back on probably, it was probably a while um, afterwards, but I I had done readings. The, this was the first radio show and the first time I've ever done any type of readings over the radio. But you had been to a number of our other little investigations and things we had done. I had only done. gone to one. No, I'm talking after that. You you did hang out with us. And, I did and, hang out with you guys. Oh, yeah, you're right. You, I, yeah. I liked you. We definitely, yeah, we you definitely became friends before yeah. we brought you on the show. Right. Yeah, it's, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like we had you come on and then we waited like six years. Right. And then said, hey, you remember that girl? We should see if she wants to be part of the show. Like, you were still, you were, you were our friend and you were working with us, but you were still hesitant to, to come in and do this more often. And uh, and we just decided at some point we said you know we're, we're just it's just three guys talking to ourselves over and over again right and we need a different perspective and people said oh you brought in Stephanie because she's a woman and you know it's good to have a woman on the show and and that's part of it right. I mean part of it was it was good to have a, a, a female voice and just a little something something that sounded different and a perspective that could be different coming from a female well, but we brought her in more because she's a psychic medium and because we were just scratching our heads every time people were talking about that we're like no, no we don't know how this works so you have to tell us and so by having her come in she was able to kind of help us and, and ask better questions of people that come on that have those abilities and she looks at things from a different perspective as a researcher and as a reader and as somebody who is – and not – I'm not saying because of her abilities. I'm just saying as a different yeah. person. So she brings in fresh perspectives that we were needed. Now we, now we need to – you know, when we look at things, we need to look at a variety of angles because we say, well, this is something that – you know, if we talk about this topic, Stephanie can, can look at it from this way and Monique right. can look at it from this way. And so now it gives us much more of a – reason to pursue a certain topic whereas before we might say well uh we could do that show but we're probably going to screw it up and there were some topics where we did that like we wouldn't never have as big as a show of it was and as important of a guest as it was we never would have had james van prague on if you weren't here right because we never would have felt like we could do it and as it turns out we would have been wrong because we did fine he was just he was such an awesome interview and he talked about anything it wasn't just, you know, this is who I am, this is what I've done, and that's it. He was talking aliens with us by the end of the show. Um, you must have loved that. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't my fault. It was Moniz's fault, as usual. But um, that that was just a great conversation. It, you know, he's he's just an amazing person. But that I think I'm not saying I made the show better, but, um, you know, I, I enjoyed coming on and giving you guys a different perspective and being able to hang out with you guys because we have a great relationship. We have a great dynamic. And coming here every week and talking about all things weird, I hope that somewhere along the line or we continue to help weirdos like myself who didn't know that we all existed and we all, you know, became friends afterwards and really educated the public on strange things. One big, happy, dysfunctional family. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, we have about a minute to go before we go into the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll, we'll talk more about some of our, you know, 
Right. We'll, we're probably, we'll talk about ourselves because we like to do that. And we don't do it very often, really. Like, we don't sit here and pat ourselves on the back that much. So we're going to continue to do that tonight. But we also want you to call in and pat us on the back as well. 508-996-0500. No, for real. If you want to call in and, and, and let us know, you know, how has Spooky South Coast helped you? What has it meant to you? Uh, you can do that. But maybe you just want to talk about some other stuff as well. It doesn't have to be all about how awesome we are. Believe me, we already know. <laughs> Yes. It's it's what we're going to be talking about at midnight when we go off the air anyway. But if you want to do it now, we can do that too. Again, 508-996-0500, Hopefully people realize I'm just very tongue-in-cheek about all this. All right, we'll be back with more Spooky South Coast coming up in just a few moments. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with Asylum Assassin Matt Costa, Science Advisor Matt Moniz, Psychic Medium Stephanie Burke. Hey. Should I start throwing that in the? Do you, you like that? You in could. There? It's fine. That's do the first like time it? you've done that in I just felt four like years. You don't have anything to add in. I know. And we always say that we're going to give you a nickname, but but you've is been that saying okay? that forever. That's fine. I don't. You can do I that. feel weird doing it because I know. it's like it's like she's just here because she's a psychic medium, but that's not why you're here. No. That being said. Call in right now for a free reading. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Put you totally on the spot after you've been drinking all day. <laughs> Thanks. Help me on that, too, huh? Well, look. People see it. Well, they yeah. Know. They know we're drinking. But I haven't been drinking champagne I, all day. I'm drinking the rest of the I might have hit a couple wineries today. For two weeks in a row. Stop it. Well, when, the other one was a wine festival. When is champagne not a wine? Well, I'm just saying I haven't been drinking I don't know. champagne I'm not whining all day. About having some. If I drank, if I drank champagne all day, I'd be thrown up right now. I need a haircut, that's, that's not yeah, a long term. Nobody drinks so much. No, it, yeah, no. That's why I gave it all to uh, Tim. And I'm happy to drink it. And uh, don't there you go. don't worry, Fairhaven's finest. I, I'm only having this one paper cup of Fairhaven's finest. I'll be fine by the time I leave here because I leave here many many. They hours actually later. listen to the show. They do. They no, I know, I know. It's just funny huge, that he's huge apologizing. fans of the show. Well, much of law enforcement is uh, in the awesome. area. Loves to listen to the show. Hats off to the guys in blue. Remember, remember Absolutely. the remember the night that you were driving home and and uh, and I don't want to say you hit a deer. I want to say you obliterated, obliterated. <laughs> obliterated a deer. But yeah, uh, yeah. awesome. No, Moni's hit this deer so hard with his car he was picking venison out of his teeth. <laughs> Ew. That's how bad he hit the. I thing. hit it doing ninety. <gasps> Why were you going so fast? Because he's Moniz. That's how he drives. <laughs> that's just a. Jerk and it just move. jumped. I mean, there was no time to stop. It just jumped. I was on the highway, and it just jumped Ugh. right up from. And all I remember seeing, I had the moonroof open. Mm-hmm. This hindquarter pair ew, of legs ew, ew, just no tumbling o- o- over the top of the car. And yeah. uh, and, You're and lucky just you survived that. To give you an yeah, idea am, of the damage. The radiator was up against the dashboard. I'm sure it was. Oh yeah. And maybe if somebody drove the speed limit. Even after he had the car repaired, he was still picking out deer fur (laughs) 
from the frame for for quite a long time. That's insane. But uh, yeah, but that night, you know, that it happened. It happened to be a Marion police officer. Yep. And uh, and he was a listener of the show. Yep. So you know, he's taking Matt's thing. Oh, Matt Matt Matt, Moniz, Matt Moniz from Spooky South Coast. <laughs> That's really funny. So he. But he did know the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because hey, when you're out there driving around, and you know, you they listen to shows like this, something that's going to keep them uh, interested and in, in keep them from from falling asleep. I have plenty of cop friends that text me and ask me every single week, you know, what's the subject or who's the guest tonight, and because they're going to be <laughs> listening. Yeah, they're going to be on three eleven. Well, you got to figure they're doing, you know, the late night shift. Yeah. There's nothing really to you know do, so they're no, looking for I'm something sure that keeps nothing it- to do. <laughs> Um, I mean, in between the calls. breaking between up the, the calls. Camp. Well, yeah. yeah, it depends on where you're working. But yeah. um, I know, like, the Fall River cops ask me every single week, and they have a high call volume, but they still tune in and they listen when they're they're driving around. So we're And we're grateful for it. We have yes. a call on the line. If anybody wants to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We will be happy to discuss whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't have to just be to tell us how great we are and wish us happy anniversary. Maybe you have a question about the paranormal. Maybe you have something that you want to share, a personal story, what have you. Uh, we welcome it all here. It's, it's always open paranormal lines here on Spooky right. South Coast. So let's go to the phones. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. Mr. Weisberg, how are you, man? It's Brian. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Happy anniversary. Thank you, sir. Happy anniversary to your crew. I was going to call and ask a basic question you've been asked a thousand times. What's the most time you've been scared? How scared were you? I want to ask a little bit of a twist of a question. I want to ask about your dreams. How often are you guys haunted by what you, like, discover, um, and does it still carry on? Well, speaking for myself, I will say that... Uh, I had a lot more nightmares uh, back before we started doing this work and doing this show, but my nightmares have definitely changed. Uh, you know, it's no longer the things that I used to be afraid of. That I used to be afraid of the dark before we started doing paranormal investigations. Now I'm not. You know, I'm 23, 24 years old, afraid of the dark. When I turn the light off at night, I have to jump right into bed. But that's gone away. And my nightmares have changed. It's no longer just being scared of, you know, what I might encounter or what it might be. Part of it's probably growing up. You know, now I'm afraid of, like, failing and, you know, not being there for my family, those kind of things. But I don't worry so much about, you know, getting chased by monsters in in my dreams anymore as much as I used to. Stephanie, I'm sure your dreams are still all about aliens. Um, I don't have alien nightmares, no. But I think... um, Stop it. What? I remember a certain Stop phone it. call from somebody. You have no. I'm going to throw things at you. I have available <laughs> objects here. Some are heavy. Um, I think my my nightmares stem from different places that I've been. Um, like you've been these places with me, um, and it it. I think it has to do with the the connection that I'm making at the location or the case that I'm working on. I know the first time it happened to me, Moniz, you were driving up to the S.K. Pierce mansion with me, yep. and I told you about my nightmare yep. the night before, which was strange. Uh, I think we've all had S.K. Pierce mansion nightmares. <laughs> right. And, but as soon as we got there, um, I know I've told the story on air before, but Moniz, you haven't been here. As soon as I started talking to um, Edwin and Lillian about my nightmare, they stopped me, and she finished my sentence, and she finished the nightmare for me um, because she had been plagued by that as well. So that was that was really uncomfortable for me. Um, 
and that was... See, I was aware of what Lillian had been talking about. Right, and I but didn't you didn't tell to, me. I didn't want to Which was good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, it's good that I had told you that before yes. we had even yes. arrived. And that, that really freaked me out. Um, and did that explain the puzzled look on my face of what, 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 huh? Well, <laughs> I was driving, so I couldn't yeah. really see it. But um, I that, that bothered me because it's... That... I don't even know how to describe it, but I mean, you're going to a location that just proves that spirits that are active know that you're coming and know that they can enter your psyche in the middle of your sleep and communicate that way. And that freaked me out because that was before I had even arrived. I know it happens when I'm about to do readings, um, you know, even for like a full day before a gallery reading, I'll have people come and visit and, you know, try to give me information ahead of time. So I'll always have a list before I show up, um, of information, people that have, you know, tried to come through already. But, um, in my dream the night before, that was really strange. The uh, the other time, I was working on a case in Rhode Island, and um, it was it was a brutal murder of a woman. Um, and I was working with Andy Lake on this, and I went home and just heard awful screaming all night in my sleep, and like the the events replaying in my dream all night. And I had to call him and ask him like, are these the events that have occurred and he had to confirm or deny and it was all correct that you know once i had gone to this location and we talked about going back to this location inside to further investigate it that's when i started to have these nightmares of the events that had taken place which was horrifying and and john you you actually are the monster that used to be in my nightmares when i was a kid like i just remember this big (laughs) hulking figure in my dreams but i'm sure that you know you've had some pretty terrifying experiences you probably had some nightmares as a result um Yes and no, uh, more, more so, like definitely with the SK Pierce Mansion, just because of what I've had happen to me there. But not so much of that aspect of it, but more of, and I've talked to Stephanie and a few other psychics and mediums about it. It's more for me, my my bad dreams or horror dreams, whatever you want to call, it, is almost like a deja vu type thing, and some of it actually has come true to the point I've seen. My own apartment I lived in was on fire, um, and I had that dream six, seven months before. So it, it's it's cra- it's more of that type of where I have problems with my dreams versus, you know, actually because of investigating. Moniz, your nightmares are probably just seeing deer parts flying over your car as you're driving home. <laughs> I, I don't have nightmares. I caused them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Matt, do you want to talk about your nightmares or or? I mean, I, I know what kind of nightmares you have because we have the same ones, but they're not related to our paranormal okay. work. Oh, like a, the, we the have cheese, di- a we, cheeseburger's eating me? No, we have, we have diner, yeah, we have exactly. diner we dreams. Oh, right, right. No, nothing uh, nothing uh, paranormal has ever really given me nightmares. Wait, we, we have, him and I still are prone to having dreams, even though we're years out from doing it now, where we just have, we're just buried under, like, slips and orders. orders. Really? Cooking <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> well... That'll it, never go away. It's funny because Matt just brought up a point to me. Um, one of the first times that I ever came out and talked about a dream I had was at the South Coast Paranormal Convention that we all did together. Mm-hmm. And um, I was listening to Matt talk about something that he had happened to him. And I literally went up to him and after, after and said, you're not going to believe this. But I literally had this dream where I was up there was investigating and all this happened and the lady at Wedge came out and talked to me and said this and she was walking across the top with a white dress and all this and it was everything that he had just talked about and I had had this dream previous like maybe a week or two prior to that. And I want to thank Brian for calling in uh, and for asking that question because you know we don't we don't really 
think too much about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like when you're going out there and you're doing this work and you're talking about these topics all the time, as we said last week, Moni said, you know, he was told and he shared it with us for every step you take toward it, it'll take we, we can we can you. decide how many later, but it takes steps toward you, and uh, and so we knew going into this that it was going to be something that would plague us. But you told us even back then that if you do it right, you can learn to carp, uh, compartmentalize things, and you can keep it at bay. So you can you can have this be part of your life without it overtaking your life. And I think that one of the things that I've seen, and and you guys can can chime in on this too. But one of the things that I've seen is there are people that are in this paranormal world that let it become their entire lives that they're only talking to people uh, about this topic that they're on social media all day discussing this topic with other people that every free moment they have they're running out and they're going and investigating and it becomes all consuming and you can tell when <laughs> when somebody is in that mindset they're chasing the rabbit mm-hmm. but you can see where it completely overtakes everything yeah. And it will affect your life. But if you just compartmentalize it and just find a way to uh, make it be something that you like to do, because it's a hobby. Listen, for uh, almost everybody that does this, it's a hobby. It's not your full-time position. It's not your entire life. It's something that you that you like to do when you're able to do it, and you shouldn't let it overtake things, just like you wouldn't want to let anything else overtake your life. If you decided that all of a sudden you liked golf so much, you wouldn't want to abandon your family because you're out playing golf at 3 in the morning. You know, so you have to kind of find a way to keep this as part of who you are as a complete person. Because just being about the paranormal, you're actually going to be hurting yourself as an investigator because you're not having real-world experiences outside of that that will help you become a better investigator. So, I don't know. I, I'm just glad that uh, I'm glad that my, my nightmares of being buried under short order slips at breakfast time are few and far between now. I still I still have them on occasion. They still happen. But uh, I do like the fact, too, that the last cooking job I have, I've completely wiped out of my mind. Never even think about that place. Except for now. It, well, just because just, I just realized it. But it's always it's always, uh, it's always always the diner dreams. And, and everybody's still there in those dreams, in those nightmares. Everybody's still there at the diner itself, too. Yeah, listen, listen. When I'm buried under those slips, I'm sure in many of those nightmares, you popped into the kitchen and said, hey, man, you got my cheeseburger coming yet? So, you know, you're just as guilty as being part of that. Well, lack of cheeseburgers is a nightmare in itself. That is true. As long as they don't have pickles on them. Well, (laughs) what Tim's referring to is I came in one day and ordered, what, 50-something of them? What is wrong with you? Why would you do such a thing? That's horrible. It was for a... uh, Boy Scout thing. That's terrible. Oh yeah, I remember that day. Yeah, that was that was not a good day. So you're still friends with him, huh? Yeah, it was borderline for a little while that That's day. That's surprising. You were there that day, right, Matt? You came in and did that with us. Fifty cheeseburgers, and like this isn't like it's not like when you go to McDonald's and they you know they have these like short right. little thin patties that they just throw, and it takes a few. These are like quarter pound right. real beef yeah. hamburgers that. They take a little while to cook. And in this restaurant where we worked, we had, what, like four or five weights that we could actually put on a burger to help it cook. And when you've got 50, you can maybe cover 25 of them with those weights. Right. But, you know, you, 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 it's just it, it took forever. I'm sure. And uh, and I'm sure those little bastards didn't even appreciate it. Oh, my I'm just God. Kidding. Stop I'm it. Totally <laughs> 
I'm totally kidding. Oh. You know, you know me. You know I support Scouts 100. percent Right. Because I was the first. I was. I was a brownie when I was a kid. Hey, speaking of Scouts. Did you know that? No, I didn't. You didn't know that I was a brownie when no. I was a little kid. No. I was a Girl Scout. <laughs> the first brownie with nuts. <laughs> Oh. You walked right into that. I screwed the joke up, but it still okay. works. It's right. still funny. It's still funny. <laughs> I screwed the joke up, but My it still God. works. Speaking of scouts, though, I heard through Little Birdie that there might be a ship that is now open and being allowed to possibly let us investigate. So we have some event people that work here at the station that are working on fostering that relationship. How many years have heard So that we can make it happen. Yeah, I, I, I happen to hear that and i was like oh i gotta tell tim this yeah they they uh, without it giving away yeah. too much yeah, of, let's, let's, yeah. let's not because they, they look they look they're looking for ideas and they reached out to the station and the station said well we have one idea yeah and so we'll we'll see how that all plays out but um hmm. it might work it might not we'll see what happens I'm not holding my breath after as all long these as you make sure i'm around all these false stars we totally are booking it on whatever weekend you're gone because we know that you want to be there, and this is how we're going to... Well, it would be the first this time is how, it This me, is how so. we're going to pay you back for, for abandoning us for all these upcoming weekends. I did weekends. not abandon you. I'm just kidding. I just, I'll call in from the road, at least. I'll do a road segment. No, don't do that. Okay, fine. Don't do that. Don't take away from the events that you're at. And, no, and I would never do that. But that you have to be with. There's times where I have... I mean, we're usually done by 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. So. If, if not a little early. <laughs> right. It's just then, usually the after party that goes on. And you're doing it wrong. If you're done at 10 o'clock, that's when you're well, party time. That's the event that's done when, by 10. The after party Yeah, that's when you're putting thongs on your face and taking yes. pictures. Stop that's it. That's totally thong time. How many times have I said to you, can I just go to bed? <laughs> yes. Hey, she she's up in Scaricon in, in Springfield. She's got James Duvall in the room, Tony Todd's in the room, Stephen Gonzalez was in the room. Uh, I can't tell you Everybody. how many people was there. And she's like, her and Sherry from Ghost Hunters are sitting on the same chair talking. And she looks at me and she yawns and she's like, I'm tired. I just want to go to my room. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she did. She just wanted to go back to her room. Didn't want to have fun with everybody. I would like to point out that I closed that party down. You did. You both did, yes. Because I figured I was never going to hear the end of it. Yes, you both did. So, therefore, I was the last one to walk out. And I helped you clean up. Yes. So I don't want to hear. God knows that room was bad. But the other Scaragon in New York, I went to bed early. Yes, you did. Left me hanging. I had to go to the casino wait, by wait, myself. Wait. So wait for her to go to sleep and then go in there and put the thong on her face and take pictures. There you go. That's an idea. This is We're totally going to get in trouble for this because like, you can't do that stuff anymore. Why can't you? Because I said so. Because of the climate of the country right now and all the Me Too stuff and all that. Like, they, it's not... It's not, Stephanie. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's Thanks. Stephanie. It's not like it's a perfect stranger or somebody like... It's not funny anymore. Actually, Brian just messaged me. He said he had another question. He wanted to know what would happen if there was a, a female ghosts only haunting and they wouldn't let any male ghosts haunt. So that's... For anybody that listens to WBSM... I was going to say that. That's, that's, that's a reference to that. Yeah. That's well, a touchy well done, subject Brian. for... Well done. Local news. Uh, but uh, we... Um, you know, we are taking your calls, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. I know that we say this every year on our anniversary, mm-hmm. but this is the year where we have to do it at some point. Even if it's maybe it's a week where Stephanie's uh, gone because, you know, she doesn't want to be associated with us when the debauchery happens and when the law enforcement gets involved. But people <laughs> have asked for many, many years for a return of the Backyard oh, Podcast. Yes. And yeah. we had the one, and the one was was pretty good. 
pretty memorable. And then we did it again for Jeff Belanger's 40th birthday, and we haven't gone back to it since. So maybe, and even that one, I'm a little disappointed in us for Belanger's 40th because we really, like, kept to the topic too much. Yeah. Like, we actually were serious. It wasn't true backyard podcast style. Well, we weren't as completely hammered. <laughs> had we started, well, wait, had well, we started recording earlier, that's it would have been because we were we were just being our goofy selves. But it was, you know, by the time we turned on the microphones, everybody got serious. Uh, but uh, the backyard podcast, for those of you who have never heard it, you can go back and find it. It was from what? It was our first year, I think. Yeah. It was the first time ever that we weren't going to be able to be on the show, uh, be on the air because of Red Sox baseball. So we said we should do a show anyway. We'll record it. And we'll just put it out because at this point we're trying to build an audience and we don't want to miss a week because we figure if we miss a week, we'll lose momentum. Right. And so we had to put something out there. So in those days we had port, we will, we still do, but we would use this portable equipment. It's been, Mm -hmm. you know, since replaced by now, we can just put in a headset and Skype and go. But we had the whole setup that we put out on a table in my backyard. We had the mixing board. We had the microphones, you know, everything's all uh, going into a laptop and everything. And I said, I'm, I'm going to. Make us some burgers. We're going to get some beers. We're <laughs> going to drink involved? beers. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Why haven't we done this? Yes, we need to do this because I could bring the moonshine. No. Yes. So, yes. I refuse <laughs> to drink moonshine. Thank you don't you have too. to drink it. You don't have to drink it, but the rest of us. Uh, Matt, you haven't had the apple pie yet, have you? That's good stuff. Oh, I, my God. I have some. You get, you get <laughs> that's like two jars at a house. I do I'm not. I have, you, I have like a gallon of it. It's it's like the... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's still... Yeah, she so, hasn't even yeah. opened it. It's, it's been fermenting for a while. Wait, so, even open it. moonshine. I know, it's just, it's just extra moonshine at this point. So, uh, but anyway, so we, we, we got together, we got some beer. I think we got, we got Natty Ice, right? We, we went <laughs> oh, for the good God. stuff. Yeah. We got the good stuff. Well, at the time, the liquor store down the street from my house didn't really have a big yeah. amount of choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we weren't, we didn't really have a lot of money either. So yeah. it's like, yep, Natty Ice. That's so disgusting. we got some of that, and uh, and we got some some, we got some back, backwoods. No, you you want a Goldschlager. Yeah. That's that was your thing. Oh come on, Natty Ice and Goldschlager. That was what Mo- is wrong is with you? Well, Moniz doesn't That's drink disgusting. very much. Is this a high school party? Mo- Moniz doesn't drink very much. And if I remember right, at that point you hadn't drank in years. I, correct. And 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 we actually had a moment where, like in the show, where things got kind of. You know, serious and somber, and he he said that he hadn't drank in years, but that he felt comfortable with us <laughs> enough to do it, and so and then like he started going to beer festivals and stuff with us afterwards. So I think we just ruined him <laughs> that night. We sounds like it. Coming from the person here that brought the champagne, <laughs> right? Yeah, you brought champagne. But, um, we've discovered that grape juicy juice oh, yeah. cures your hangover. Um, oh, Pedialyte's the best thing for that. No, this had to do with the oh. birthday party she had, oh. and I, I got kind of lit before lit? I came in. <laughs> yeah. Lit. So, but we, we could see you three miles away. We uh, we decided to to just get some beers and get some burgers and Moniz's Goldschlager, and we got some backwoods. Because it's not a party until somebody brings them backwoods. Okay. And that, you know what backwoods are, right? Huh. Those those like cigars you can buy. Oh, okay. That's like it looks like your grandfather made them. Okay. And so uh, so we got some of those. And so we, we're all sitting around this table, and you know there's no video back then, so it's just the audio. So we're like we can do whatever there are we want. A few still pictures. Yeah, we did take some still pictures, <coughs> but we didn't have. There was no video evidence of what went on, <laughs> and so uh, that we start the show off, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you guys talk, and I'm going to go make some burgers. And I get so much, and I come back and I get into the conversation. I get so much into the conversation, I'm not paying attention to the grill. Grill Stop catches it. on fire. Oh, my God. I the think whole it was, grill. Oh. 
<laughs> so I'm over there, like, trying to battle the, the, the fire and get it down. And I'm like, you guys, you know, talk amongst yourselves while I go over there. I think Matt had to come over and help me put out the fire. And, Mo- and Moniz is over there at the table doing a play-by-play <laughs> of the two of us trying to put out this this huge fire on my grill. Which is so typical of Moniz. <laughs> like, right. The, and Tim's trying to bat it right. out with a towel. And now this is happening. Keep in mind, like, Moniz, like, knows science and probably could have just come over there and been like, boop, 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 chemical reaction, fire out. Or but he's just, just a watching. simple fire extinguisher would have done this job. Well, that, would, but... that would have involved having to go inside the house and getting that and all that. Wow. Uh, the garden hose, meanwhile, is... Right there. Well, you never put water on a fire. I know that. So but, what I'm hearing is that I should just in, in be this, the responsible adult with the next one. So this this grill, by the way, is like right up against Maybe my we shed. Hire one. It's right up against one? my wooden shed. And if anybody's ever seen my shed, I'm yeah. sure if you've seen the original Spooky South Coast promo pick of Matt and I, you've seen my shed. <laughs> right. And I haven't painted it since. It still looks that way. <laughs> and so my the grill is right up against it and i'm like we're gonna lose this shed and there's like gas inside there's like gas cans inside which you know stupid me you really shouldn't keep your grill next to your shed that has gas cans inside <laughs> lesson learned but so we're wow. we're battling this fire and we finally get it out and uh and just from there we're like okay this show has already gone to hell so we're just gonna <laughs> let it go wherever it goes Flames and all and so we get we get we get okay. a little a little little buzz a little more than buzz <laughs> And we just start opening up about, you know, our, our paranormal experiences growing up and why we were interested in this. And, and people responded to it. And it became one of the most popular shows that we ever did. So everybody asks us, when are you guys going to do one of those again? And the, the thing is, like, if we're going to do it, I really want to do it in a place where we can invite everybody else. Where people can come and join us in the fun. And we can actually have, you know, maybe we get somebody to come and maybe, maybe, maybe we charge tickets. And, you know, you pay for your food, we get a caterer. and But still, the bottom line is we'll still get drunk and talk about ghosts. So, Well, I was thinking, like, campground type of thing during the summer. We could, we could probably come up with some sort of a plan. So we will we'll I'm work not on sitting that. in your backyard. Well, no, we can't, we can't bring that many people to Moniz's house because somebody will hit a landmine. Probably. Yeah. And we don't want to be responsible no, for that. But things come out of the woods late at night at your house, and I don't want to be a part of that. What? The coyotes? The fox? I remember the, driving up your lane. Oh, the coyotes? And that giant coyote just stopping in front of my car and staring at me. We had a, we, we had a, a standoff for a little while. Um, well, I want to say about you 10 had, minutes. You had the car. His, so his name is Wiley, and I feed him okay. cheeseburgers. I'm sure you do feed him, just like I've watched you feed... I, I was feeding chipmunks by yeah, hand in, chi- your, yeah. in your yard with sitting Doritos. <laughs> he was sitting on my shoe, and I was feeding him right out of my hand. He was very friendly. Yeah. I'll take that. That's I just... Chippy. I don't want anything that's not, larger. That's not the craziest thing he's ever fed at his house. I'm sure. <laughs> Listen. I feed myself all the time. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> I went there one time and he, he, he had Grant there. Yeah. Yes. He's just holding yeah. holding meat from the smoker. You're like, come on. Come on, Grant. Come on, Grant. Come on. Oh, good Grant. Oh, no, but that, that was. It was the first time I met Grant. Was at your house. That's yeah. funny. The my One of my favorite stories about Jason and Grant, since, we're, since we brought them up, is, uh, you know, thankfully... They've. I think one of the coolest shows we ever did was, speaking of Mount Washington, when they were doing an event up at Mount Washington, they were doing it on the night of their Beyond Reality show, when they used to have the original Beyond Reality show. Yep. And so they couldn't do their show because they were going to be up at, up at Mount Washington. And we found a way to rig it up so that they could actually broadcast Beyond Reality over Spooky South Coast. Yep. 
And so we were able to, to pull that off. So that was that was a pretty cool thing. But my I think my favorite Spooky South Coast slash Jason and Grant story was when we got invited to, what was it, the season three premiere? Yeah. And uh, they were having a party at uh, Twin River, which is a casino in, in Rhode Island. And so they're having this big party where it's a dinner, a good dinner, nice yeah. roast beef dinner. And yeah. and uh, and everybody was, you know, there was people were paying to get into this thing. And they got to watch the first episode of season three before anybody else did. And, of course, Jason and Grant were there, Steve, Tango. Um, so we... Josh Gates' show was also premiered there. That's right, too. Yeah. That was the very first uh, night of, of Destination Truth. Yeah. And uh, was was he there? I don't think he was there. I Probably think they not. just showed the show. Yeah. But, um, so we have to go to this thing. And, and Moniz is getting out of work in, in uh, what was it, Canton at the time. Mm-hmm. So up near Boston. About 45 minutes from Wareham. And Matt and I are waiting for him to come and pick us up. And he shows up. And we had, like, literally, like, 35 minutes to get there. And this is a, a probably, for the normal person, it's an hour drive from, from Wareham to Twin River. Because it takes about 40 minutes to get to Providence. And you got to go around Providence and down another road. So we're thinking, you know, it's going to take about an hour to get there. And we're like, Moniz, we're never going to make it there in time. Like, we're never going to make it in time. <laughs> and Moniz shows up. And uh, and at the time, he had his original Mercedes. Uh, and then he says, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Uh, no, there's no way we're going to make it. From my house, which is like almost in Plymouth, to Twin River, it was something like 25 minutes. Oh, wow. We are in the back of the car. Matt was looking out the window. You 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 were oh, you were in the front, right? I know I was in the back seat and I had my head down. <laughs> because this guy is just flying down the road. I'm like, "Oh my god, we're going to die." But uh, I thought it was kind of funny that we were trying to go to Ghost Hunters and we were going to be ghosts by the time we got there because I thought he was going to kill us, but we made it and we made it in time. And then um we knew we knew that uh I still remember when we pulled up and we saw Jason and Grant's cars side by side. side yeah, the gave us a good, cars. good chuckle. Oh, both of them? They had both uh, SUVs there? They were not, not SUVs. SUVs. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass anybody, but uh, they were driving <coughs> Mini Coopers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can you imagine Jason in a Mini Cooper? No. But uh, that's what they had. So. Can you imagine you in a Mini Cooper? Me? <laughs> I can't even imagine myself in a Mini Cooper, like, and I'm the shortest one like here. like a clown car for me. I'm like the shortest person here, and I can't even picture myself in one. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was a, a very fun experience as well. But um, I want to say, I want to take a, a minute here to thank all the people, not only everybody that's joined us over 12 years. I mean, look at the chat room right now tonight. We, we've had, you know, dozens of people in there over the course of the night coming in, coming out, staying in. You know, they join us every Saturday night. Uh, they they hang out there. They talk to each other. They form friendships with each other. They keep us in line. They shoot us some questions. We try to pay attention to them, but usually we don't. And so it's it's become you know a, a nice family there. And of course we have our our spooky crew around the world. People that listen to this show every week. And but there's some people that have been here since the beginning. Mm-hmm. That you know I want to thank those people. I mean I remember back in the old days, the very first episode. Luann calling in, Luann Jolly calling in. You know, she had been waiting for something like this to come on local radio, and she was a caller on our very first show, and, you know, she's become our friend over the years, and, and you know, just from the very beginning, being somebody that was willing to call in and share with us. And uh, and Chris, 
uh, I'll say her last name. Chris Oliver has been one of our biggest fans since the very beginning. She's called in over the years as well. You know, she always sends us little little mementos to let us know she's thinking of us, and she always shares with me uh, stuff and, and ideas to pursue that I don't always get a chance to pursue, but she's always out there looking for things for us to check out. And I still remember the very early beginning. Got to give a shout-out to Carl, because Carl made the very first mm-hmm. Spooky South Coast fan site. There used to be a website, sscfan.com, where... Even though we were putting the shows up on our website and putting things up on our website, Carl was keeping this website going with stuff about us and stuff that people were posting about us. And uh, so he was a huge, huge part of the show in the early years. And uh, and Craig, Craig Anderson, who was inspired by our show to start Our History Project, which has gone on to do great, great things uh, for keeping history alive in, in the United States and him running a website where he was putting up a lot of our stuff and, and getting the word out there. So we've, we've been lucky enough to have some people, some listeners, who have become part of the Spooky Crew over the years. And, and every, every listener is part of the Spooky Crew. But, you know, some, some people who have really kind of stepped up and helped us out in ways that we never could have grown to the way that we did if they hadn't done that. So big shout-out to them. Does anybody have anybody else that they, they want to thank that they can – Think of up top. I mean, I want to thank everybody, so I, I I don't want to leave anybody out. But in the early years, remember Christine? Oh, the original uh, IC Air caller. Yes, yeah. I wish she would call back. I see. I have my suspicions that she, she calls during actually, the week, but she, with a different name. She was entertaining, but she actually had some pretty good points. You know, a couple of salient points in in between the I'll call it eccentricities <laughs> that she would. You know, <laughs> So she called us up and would tell us that all her life, and I wish Stephanie had been here at the time, but we didn't even know Stephanie at the time, but she would call up and say, you know, all her life she had seen air. And I'm assuming that she means she had been able to see auras. But Mm -hmm. uh, she would call up and and share these stories with us, and and she told us a story one time about a missing turkey pan. I remember that, that uh, all of a sudden I guess she had, had a vision of where it was or something, and... You know, she was one of our frequent callers in the early days. She called pretty much every week. But we just haven't heard from her for, for years. Hmm. And uh, I thought that was weird that the light just came on in there, but it's Tim Dunn. I was like, please tell me that's a real person. <laughs> T- Tim Dunn came in to say happy anniversary to Spooky South Coast. Uh, he's probably doing some new stories. Or something. He's moving quick, so. There you go. <laughs> jump, jump on. Say hi, Tim. What's that, 12 years for you guys now? 12 years. So so you're, what, 14? So you were two? <laughs> I just turned 12, actually, Tim. Well, then I'm going to put you into queue so we can hear you on the on the shoe. So, no, so you're you're how old? I'm, I just turned 16. I just got my license. No, for real. How old no, are you? I'm, 20, I'm 24, almost 25. Wow, so we've been on the air for half your life. That's crazy. That's You know what's crazy about that? That means for half your life, we haven't done anything else on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really say much either, so. Uh, hey, listen. We're just happy that people are still listening to us. So, so I, I actually did, I did listen to you guys on the way in. What do you guys uh, What do you guys got for tonight? What do you you guys just kind of us? This, this usually on our anniversary shows we just drink champagne and talk about ourselves. Nice. So it's what we do. So nice. Well, I just, uh, I just saw you in. I saw the lights come on. I thought it was a ghost. Oh no no it's just me it's but, just a beautiful old me. All right all right well I'll be listening. All right you just you just Tim you just hit a huge international audience with the show just so you know. Hey gotta start somewhere. All right take it easy and. Uh, we are, like, like I said, we, we are happy to be here every Saturday night. I make jokes 
saying that, you know, we haven't had a life for Saturday night, but we, some of us didn't have a life before the show anyway. Saturday Why are you looking at me? I'm not. I'm I'm looking at you because you're the exception to the rule. <clears throat> oh. You you know, you were the one that had a had a, an actual life and I don't know if I really had an actual life. I was straight out of high school. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt was College. like, Matt was like, really Saturday nights? Like, you're going to take away the night that's fun to go out and do things? And I was like, hey, it's the only night that they'll let us on. And uh, and Moniz, you know, he used to, you know, work at bars and do sound for bands and all that stuff. We pulled him away from all that, and now now he's pulling himself away from this and going out and doing Bigfoot stuff. But uh, and you know, well, now I may have a chance to come back. And be more focused on spooky. I'm going to share this. Well, with because it's spook- it's also winter time, and you don't want to be out there looking for Bigfoot when it's 30 well, degrees. No, actually, it's better because you can find tracks easier in the snow. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I'll make the announcement here for everybody. I'm going to be switching jobs. I've just accepted a position in a uh, another company, so now I'll have a little bit more control of my own time. Nice. Awesome. Congrats. Nice. Was it, was it, awesome. uh, so this is a good move for you? You're, you're happy with this move? Yeah. Basically, people may may know some of the stuff I've done in recently, but uh, I am now the Director of Research and Development for Armor and Weapon Systems for a uh, defense contractor. Cool. Uh, this, is, this is the thing that keeps saying, put this on and let me shoot you. And I say, <laughs> nah. Do a little more R&D before you bring it to, to me to do that. Oh, that's so awesome. basically, I'm Iron Man. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no, I mean, there, there can be some downsides well, yeah. to being Iron Man. But, uh, like what? Magnets. I've never watched the movie, Rust. So. <laughs> right. Rust. I, know, I never watched the movie or read the comics. So. much. You need to, you know, and you have to use that special paint, you know, because the rest of the, if you use regular paint, it gets, it looks watery. What, you, no, you got to use the, the the heavy stuff, you know, oh. like when you paint your grill, which I had to do after the fire. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean Saturday nights for me back in those days used to be, you know, maybe we would go to the mall. That's how long we've been doing the show. There used to be malls back when we started doing the show. Yeah. Because that's what I would do. We would just walk around the mall aimlessly. That's where I used to see you. What? Walking around the Dartmouth Mall. Well, what were you doing Stop at the it. Dartmouth Mall? I was working. Doing what? Uh, cooking. Where? Huh? At Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, I never went there. No, I did. I used to go. We used to, we used to do the potato. The potato on the salad bar. Yeah. That, that used to be our thing at Ruby Tuesday. When I Right out of college. That's now where I gone. went. Now it's gone. I used to Goodbye, go to Ruby, Ruby Tuesday. Yep. But I was probably like five nobody, nobody when you were that. cooking. <laughs> Back so. on. Thank you. Thank you, for, thank you for 12 years of being the only one that gets my sense of humor. <laughs> And it's been way longer than that, poor guy. Just to uh, just to put it out there, I get your sense of humor. I ignore you just it. ignore it right? <laughs> because you know that acknowledging it only encourages me. Yep. But uh, I will say this: that um, when talking about you know discussing the the people who have uh, helped us over the years and 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 who have kind of chipped in and become kind of associate members of the Spooky Crews. You know, Stephanie, you were one bef- long before you actually came right. on the radio. You know, you were somebody that we would always be looking for information from and getting advice from and we were asking you for guest ideas even before you were part of the show uh, but you definitely have brought a diversity to the show since you came on board uh, and you've had us talk to people that normally we would say uh, maybe we don't want to cover that or maybe we would feel like we'd step in it with that uh, and one thing that we've done with Stephanie too being here 
is we have gotten away. Like when we have a psychic on or a medium on, it doesn't have to be about just taking calls and giving readings. Right. So I, I don't think we've actually done a reading show. Have we done a reading show since you've been here as a host? As, with myself? Or with yeah, I mean, you've people? done one with like your friends, but like right. have we ever done one where it's been like, let's bring somebody on and just have them do readings? No, I think if it was... Would that be weird for you if we did? Would you be able to like kind of turn things off or would you keep it on and try and like kind of see what they I mean, doing? we we had people on. Like we we had Matt Frazier on and he did them. I didn't know him personally. But it wasn't it wasn't just him doing nothing but readings, was it? Or did he just do a few or did he do like a whole hour of readings? No, he only did a, a couple. Right. I mean, Lynn Marie has come on and done like an hour of readings. Um, but when you do that, you're in you're in host mode anyway trying i mean you you see how difficult it is because it's hard for me to turn it off when she's sitting right next to right, me and right. i have a connection well, to her already when he, was on, he didn't do readings yeah. though um he said that he would come back and do them and we didn't right. him up on it but um yeah i don't think i think it'd be worse for me like in the studio having someone that i know like lynn marie doing it then i try i tend to tune in but we have not had a medium on so you think it'd be weirder to have it's weirder for you to sit next to somebody doing it that's a friend of yours yeah because i already that's have a harder for you than them. if somebody just comes on the phone that you have no idea of that you might even be like i don't know that much about them and if they're legit so, oh i can definitely tell if they're legit or not for sure if i want to well we'll, but, we'll have to do because you know we used to we used to call those no offense to any of the psychic medium uh-huh. guests that we've had on there but we used to call those nights off for the rest of right, us. Right, because, because they're so busy. We didn't have to talk. Like, we just had to introduce the person and give out the phone number, and then the lines would just light up for people wanting readings. So we would just let that happen, and we would kind of just sit here and be like, and we would keep a note and see, keep keep a list and write down the names of the people that called in and see how many people called in. And we would always ask, what's your name and where you're calling from? Because those are the only nights that we ever get any phone calls. And we realize, like, that's how you know that people are listening to the show. All around them. They're not listening to us. I mean, I mean, they're not calling us when we're talking about different topics, but they're calling in when they're getting a free reading. And all of a sudden, right. you're taking 35 phone calls a night, and they tell yeah. you that, you know, a phone call, uh, the, the amount of phone calls you get represents, like, 1% of your audience. So if we're getting 35 phone calls, you know, we've got... 35 witnesses. I, I, can't, listeners. I yeah. can't do the math. <laughs> 35 it's, listeners. It's a little more than that, but at least 35. But you've got, you know, all these people that are listening, so it's 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 a good, you know, barometer for that. But it's also a good night to just say, I don't really feel like talking tonight. Right. So, like, usually if I start to feel like I'm getting sick and, you know, Moni's is like, I don't know if I'm going to be there. And Stephanie's like, I'm going to be somewhere else. I'm like, let's book a psychic medium tonight because then I can just give out phone numbers and take the rest of the show off. And I mean, it does get it does get busy but um it's probably not the best show for people to listen to later on podcast no like it might well, bore that, people that's to why hear we stopped doing it readings. i think because it's it's not fun to listen to if you listen after the fact um but i uh i don't we have not had a medium on since i've been a host so in four years we haven't four or five i think we're coming on five years well, that's now. all right you're gonna be gone a whole bunch of times so we'll have to mm-hmm. work yeah. it out be a good night when you're not here to undermine your abilities by bringing in somebody else. They're like, well, we'll just go. But people have asked us that. People have said, how come Stephanie's on every week and you never do readings? Yeah. You know, and, but when that's not, we, it's it's like an either or thing. Right. It's know? not the reason I'm here. And I would not want you to have to handle being a co-host and have to turn right. that on. And I don't want you to come in and just turn that on. I want you to be a co-host if you're here. So I think it's probably been about nine Ooh, I don't know. Eight or nine years since I've done readings on the show. 
I got to laugh. I just saw the best comment in the chat room. Yeah. Oh, read the chat. Read, read the read the uh, post from from Maddie that she just pointed out. I think it's. I think Maddie's a, a girl. I'm not sure. I don't want to. I think Maddie's a girl. Did you really just say that? I think so. My YouTube is not working, but so. Boy, do I have some Maddie, great comments. Maddie seven two zero three three in the chat room. You can let me know if I if I misidentify. I'm not trying to assign an, an, uh, not trying to assign assign a gender on anybody with what's been going on on this station for the past week, uh, but. Um, the, the the right here it says great job SC, SSC crew this is Sonny Cito I'm happy to come back on soon stop it <laughs> because we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago and uh, we we were saying you know we, we wonder if Sonny Cito is even still alive and it turns out that she is and so what was the what was the thing she's into now she oh the Titanic right yes yes that's her new thing the Titanic yeah so she's probably not the reincarnated Roswell alien anymore no I think she switched she's, gears she's probably a reincarnated uh, Titanic victim <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine her calling and be like draw me like one of your French girls Jack that was her voice right that's pretty close to it stop that's terrible that was very disrespectful of me you to make fun of a guest what are we t- oh, right. That's true. We did talk about that. Uh, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> you know, he used my full first right. name. That's when I know I'm bad. <laughs> Timothy. Um, do, do you, you know my middle name, don't you? Um, I don't. I don't know. Oh, I thought you did. <gasps> really? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know my middle name? I don't count. I think I know, but I'm not sure. Is it your brother's name? It is my brother's right. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's Timothy Michael because you've you've yelled at me before and said Timothy Michael when you oh. yelled at me. So just the champagne. If is, I answered, it just wouldn't be fair. That's just your way of saying. Jump that you in didn't there. Know. It's ridiculous. Jump in there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> still going? Huh? I see it still going. Oh boy. Oh, we're we're talking about my Facebook oh, live. Yeah, talking about the Facebook element, live. Element one forty two. So far, I think yes. I. Blink one. She's got some creepers going on on Facebook Live right now. Oh, you do? Bad, yeah. Oh, yeah? Anybody I know? I have no idea. You'll have to go look at it after, but people are asking me what's under my sweater. What's under your sweater? How, uh, a shirt. Mm-hmm. You want me to show? No, 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 <laughs> um, I, I have a shirt. Um, people are asking how low does the zipper go. Um, somebody asked where my eyebrows are and why I don't pencil them in. Um, they're there. It's just bad lighting, so it's uh it's weirdo night do you, tonight. Do, you, do you make them look that way or is that the way that they normally are that's that's normal eyebrows i don't understand why people mess with their eyebrows i don't understand either like i trim mine like i have to otherwise well, I'll, well I'll i look don't like, grow like that i'll look so. like larry hagman so. um no no i don't i don't do anything oh now somebody else is saying uh, like seriously like if i didn't trim my eyebrows when i went out in public people would like somebody would jump on my back and yell falcor and like grab on and Try to fly away. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> luck dragon. He had pretty bushy eyebrows too. I swear to you, this is like this is gonna be like one person on multiple accounts that keeps it, it, trolling it's, right it's now. It's gotta be. I, it's really this is crazy. Be. This is like the prank caller. Hi, Porter. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, him. it's not Porter. It's no, not this Porter. person's being like really. This is rude. horrible. Oh. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to engage with this person. Go do it right now. Yeah, like it's this going live. Like it's, like, it's nonstop. The low and. What's underneath there? It's, it's show like four us, different things accounts like already. that. Like you said, it sounds like Porter. <laughs> no, it's not. No, Porter. he would never. Listen, my phone's over. Here. Actually, who, you know who's been on their phone? That Coster over there. <laughs> what are you doing, Silent Assassin? 
I don't I don't think anybody means anything by it. But knock it off. Don't be a jerk. Don't don't make her any more uncomfortable than we already make her feel. Yeah, you, you already. We do a good enough job. Uh, Mark do. just mentioned in the chat room that we haven't had any snack talk tonight. I tried. I tried with the damn cheeseburgers. I, nobody, saw, I know, nobody but all it. I can think about is cheeseburgers. I tried now. mentioning dirt before when she used to bring in like the gummy bears and uh, Swedish fish. And I have a whole three-pound bag of gummy bears in my car. Do not doubt me. Well, why are they not some of those in here? The show and, to soak up the champagne. And you know, I, when I are just, you going to stop bringing in sugar cookies? Stop it. Who brought him? Who'd allow him in? Well, that I would mean, be him. Not I did tell him he could come, but I assume that when he asks if he can, that he's already discussed it with you. So, yeah, you're the boss, anyways. Yeah, so you're the executive you're producer. Executive producer. <laughs> exactly. You As you can see, off. I keep great control over the show. But yeah, I I dubbed it what Spooky Snack Coast last year. Yeah. Because all we talk about is snacks. But you know what? When you're in the dark for like eight hours and you're investigating right. and you're trying to get spirits to talk to you, snacks are important. Since we haven't discussed snacks. Yes, we don't want any tum- tummy rumbling coming across as, you know, No, but sometimes the snacks juice. can cause that. Since we haven't discussed snacks True. yet, 12 years of Spooky South Coast. Yes. In all the years that we've done this, whether it be something that we've had on the show, mm-hmm. whether it be something we've had at an event, at an investigation, at a convention, at anything... It can be a snack. It can be a meal. Best thing that you've eaten associated in one way or another with Spooky South Coast. Stephanie, I don't want to go first. All right. John, okay. you can go. I'll go last. You were a pretty big fan of your meal in Provincetown. Yeah. Yes. I, I do have to you, say that. You did enjoy that very much. I, I Well, actually, even though I liked the meal at the second restaurant, I think I enjoyed the pizza place the most. But was that the food that you enjoyed or the atmosphere? The atmosphere, because it was just funny watching me and you walk into that place and realize where we were, how we were sitting down together, and what people were thinking. Right. I'm glad everybody thought I was with the biggest guy in the room. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yes. Moniz, how about yourself? Is there a favorite food that you can remember? I'm pretty partial to that. The first event we did there at Lizzie's where we catered it, that food was oh, actually that was, pretty... That was all Matt Cost is doing. That was actually very, very good. People that talked was, about that for a long time the, after uh, that. The autumn pork tenderloin yeah. with the stuffing and the... I thought he did just a, a, as good of a job, too, with the, the first Fearing Tavern one where we had yep. the, the full-out Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. Hey, speaking of which, uh, it's nothing to do with anything, but um, Brock, who is a, a listener to the show, he mentioned to me that at Plymouth Plantation... In the fall, they do an original meal from Pilgrim era, like where they serve Pilgrim-style food. I totally want to go to this next year, so if anybody's game and wants to go. Can you actually, like, they'll allow you to buy tickets and you can eat it? And Yeah, yeah. It's like 65 bucks or 80 bucks or something, really? but you go for the night and uh, and they feed you, like, a big Pilgrim meal. Like, you can, I'll show you the menu online afterwards. It's crazy. It's, like, stuff that you've never heard of. Oh, so it's That's not like weird. a typical turkey squash? No, it's no, 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 they do that, too. Hello, but turkey is pilgrim hour. They didn't no, eat turkey. They, they, they did that too, but I'll show, I'll no. show you the menu uh, they online. Deer, later. lobster, and yeah. some other things. Oh, Matt, wow. do, you, do you have a favorite food associated things with the show? Well, deer, deer, deer would be okay. I've had that before. I'm a big fan of pizza, so every time, <laughs> yes. we, have, a lot of every time we have an event, uh, nothing is uh, satisfies hunger after listening to Tim talk than, <laughs> yes. uh, than some bread with cheese and sauce. What, what he what he does is he wait, when I start to talk too much, he's like, "Here, come have some pizza." And he lowers <laughs> me away from right, right. from the focus of the group. I'd have to say 
one of we've had a lot of good things over the years. We've had some great cannolis. Oh, cannolis! Yes. We've uh, we've had more Swedish fish than any human being should ever consume. But we're not going to stop now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gee, I mean Arlene D'Agostino's brownies yeah. are say, fantastic. I kind of miss the Blondie brownies. Used to have it every single event. Uh, so do I. I haven't had those in years either. Um, those are really good. Oh, what Why don't you make some? I, I could definitely week. do that. Why next week? Hmm. To bring them in for all of us. I'll there. make them. I'll be I in mean, Florida. I mean, that meal that we had at the uh, at Tavern on the Main, that was outstanding, too. I loved that. I was that. a big fan of that. The I love the Tavern on the Main, though. That they make? Yeah. Oh, I, well, I had fish and chips there. Oh, Turner Seafood, when we went to Salem Con last Me. year. Oh. Yes. Even, even the, like you said, even the thing down in uh, Provincetown, yeah, the, the seafood that we had. That was fantastic. Yes. Oh, it's hard for me to decide. Tough call. Hmm. But I think I think my favorite thing that we've ever eaten associated with Spooky South Coast, even though I didn't necessarily enjoy the experience, but I think when we all took shots of hot sauce on the show, Ooh. I think just because it was such a weird thing to do that. on the radio, and, uh, and it, it was it was rough. I'm not going to lie, it was rough, and I didn't plan out the fact that after I took the spoonful of hot sauce, I had to talk into a microphone and it took my breath and my voice away and if you go back i think i think there's video of that uh but there's definitely a podcast but if you go back to it you know you can kind of see us eating the, and we had like wonder bread and milk and everything ready here but you see me just we're gonna be like all right we're gonna take a break we'll be right back because oh like it had taken that much of my voice away so but thankfully it came back and we've had many years of the show since and we'll have many after that we're, we're out of time uh, we're out of time yesterday we forgot to bring up the uh, the old-timey radio show that we did. That was a oh, lot that's, of fun. We definitely have to do another one of those again. Uh, so thank you all for being with us for the last 12 years, and hopefully you'll stick with us as we do well, maybe 12 more, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know, but you know we're going to keep coming back here and doing the show. Thank you for all your support over the years. We've enjoyed every minute, most minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we look forward to bringing you more Paranormal Talk each and every Saturday night. So until next week, we want you all to stay spooktacular.